You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. You to go through two processes if you're interested in being members. One is our introduction to DCB, and then the other one is what it means to be a member. And it just gives you lots of information. Now, why do we do that? Well, we want you, Andrew seamlessly is holding up documents at the back. What we want you to know is everything so that you can make an informed decision. And we want to inform you why we're going to bring Andrew up and why Mark and I are going to lay hands on him and why we're going to send him, okay? So in, the, in our introduction document, we say we intend to be an apostolic church, which means sent ones. They were basically, an apostle was one in the Roman army who was sent with the authority of the one that was sending them. So it means sent ones on a mission with authority and power from God. We intend to send our people here, near and far with the gospel. That sounds like that could be a correctional thing. If you don't behave, you're going to Kalibaki. We intend to send our people here, near and far, with the gospel message and the ministry of Holy Spirit power. And why do we value and invest significantly in translocal ministry? Well, God has called us to minister into the nations of the world, and we take this seriously. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And how do we work this out and apply it? Well, through an apostolic ministry extension from our church as part of our relationship with AMI International and AMI Ireland, which Andrew heads up as a director. So I want to invite Andrew up to just give us a brief overview of what he's going to be doing while he's away and also where he's going and the number of flights he'll be taking in that time. And the number of those flights and which airlines. Okay. So I can answer all four questions except... The last one, okay, and in reverse order. So on Wednesday, I'm going to take my first of 10 flights. I'm going to uh, uh, Phoenix, and then I'm going from Phoenix to uh, Mexico. Mexico is Mexico and Cuba are our main destination. So I'm going to Mexico because our uh, church plan in Mexico is having its 12th birthday, which just seems like incredible. They are a incredible uh, church from the point of view of how they're growing and reaching out to the community in all kinds of ways, uh, doing missionary work in the, the, the hills and uh, planting churches in different cities and things like that there. So we're going there to celebrate their, their 12th anniversary. And then the, that church has got connections in Cuba, and we are going to receive some churches in Cuba into the uh, Association of Churches of AMI, Acts Ministries International. And then I'm coming back through Miami to uh, Phoenix, and I'm going to preach today, fortnight in Phoenix, and then I'm coming home. Does that sound good? Does sound good, doesn't it? Mark, can I get you to come up with us? Can I get us all to stand together? So Andrew is an apostolic minister and functions in the apostolic, and we send him as a representative of our apostolic church. So what I would ask you to do as well is you're witnesses to this, and we would ask you to be praying for him while he's away. Whenever, uh, in the morning times, whenever you spend time with God, notice how I said whenever you spend time with God, if that brings conviction to any of you, let it come, okay? Because we want to be connecting with God every day. Be praying for him, and let's not get all religious. If you're thinking, maybe he's tired, maybe it's a long flight, be praying for him and just simply ask for strength, okay? Sometimes I think the most powerful prayers are the simplest. Okay, so let's, let's pray together. 
So we send Andrew now as an apostolic minister with the authority of the local church here to the local church there. We bless and release you to function with authority and liberty in the name of Jesus Christ, and we commit to pray for you, and we expect great fruit. And Lord, I ask that personally it will be a liberating experience. I ask that there there will be testimonies that will call us to shake and quiver that what is present there might be present here. For you are the same God in the whole earth. And we bless him and release him now. Give him all the favor that he needs. Open up every door for him that he needs to go through. And give him courage. Let this be the year of sweetness and completeness, of him tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and those he ministers to tasting the same. A year for him to take dominion, to step up and put his foot down. And let this be a year of rebuilding and restoration in your earth. In Jesus' name, is this good? Amen. Thank you, everybody. Now, you're you're allowed to clap. Okay, Mark, if you'd stay up here, we're going to pray for you because you're speaking this morning. So when Mark comes to me and says, Colin, I was praying for you and I'm all ears. So what I would encourage you to be this morning is all ears and receive the the, uh, message from the man who releases it and hear the spirit behind it. Can you follow that? I know that sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but basically have yourself open to receive whatever God wants to give you. And let me just speak to the end whenever uh, Mark calls us to respond. If God's serving peas, peas and carrots and you don't like peas and carrots, Get over yourself and come and get peas and carrots, okay? So whatever the call to response is, come and receive it, okay? So let's pray for Mark. Lord, thank you for this man. And I ask that you give him all that he needs to be the message this morning. Come through him to us. May the releasing of it have transformation in it. And may the hearing of it have transformation for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Colin. Okay, if I set this. Isn't it encouraging to see new things happening in the church? Isn't it encouraging to see and be part of it? I was thinking about this. We were preparing about sending Andrea and saying, it's encouraging because it's signs of growth. But it's also encouraging because it's, it's significant what this man's going to do. And it's significant what we're doing as a church, partnering with him. Yeah? We're building something, and we're in the message series of looking at Nehemiah, of build and protect. Nehemiah, the story of how God leads a leader, how the leader leads himself, and how he leads the people to rebuild and restore. Colin and Andrews brought us on the journey up to about the start of chapter 3. Colin spoke for about three weeks. He talked about how Nehemiah, when he heard about the walls, he took his emotional pain straight to God. How he went through a season of having to wait and prepare on what God was doing in him. And also how he had to go through gates that were uncomfortable, things that were difficult and as we have to do in inspecting the things in our lives. Andrew recapped last week and he talked about how in chapter 2 of Nehemiah, Nehemiah calls a response to restore the walls of Jerusalem and the response was arise and build. And Andrew went on in his message and he says, 
build the wall, be the wall, be the gates. Yeah? Build the wall, be the wall, be the gates. A brilliant message, simple message, and a direct message. And I want to ask the question as we start, what are you building? Yeah, what are you building? In the year of sweetness and completeness, in the year of stepping into dominion, in the year of restoration and rebuilding, what are you building? As an individual, what are you building? A career, a hobby, an interest, an organization connected with your interest, maybe helping to build the company that you're working for, maybe helping to build a business. These things are okay, they're fine, I'm not shooting them down. What are you building? You're saying, maybe I'm not building anything. But I want to say, anywhere you invest time, effort, and resources, you're building something. Anywhere you're investing time, effort, and resources, you're building something. I watch TV at night. You're building a habit. I go to bed early at night and sleep 10 hours. You're building a lifestyle. Oh, I hang out with my friends. You're helping to build a culture, an area of influence. You're building something. You're always building something when you're putting time, effort, and resources into things. Yeah? What are you building? Is what you're building significant? Is what you're building have a long-term benefit? Is what you're building what you want to be building? Yeah, I've got the brain, the wheels are starting to turn, we're starting to think, we're starting to analyze, we're starting to go through maybe the gates that Colin talked about that's uncomfortable as we start to analyze, what am I building? Where am I investing my time? What am I investing my time in, my efforts, my resources into? Is it significant? Nehemiah was building something that was significant and he was building something that he wanted to build. Hi. And that's what I'm going to unpack today. He built on integrity. He built upon integrity, okay? He was building what he wanted to build, and he was building something significant, and he built it in integrity. Let me unpack this a bit. In 52 days, Nehemiah supervised the rebuilding of the walls and gates of Jerusalem, okay? It goes into it in chapter 3, and in a few chapters thereafter. There's 12 gates in total. There's 10 described in chapter 3 of Nehemiah. And an average on walls. So 12 gates and walls were rebuilt and restored. The walls averaged the height of 40 feet and a thickness of 8 feet. Okay? There was also six towers were rebuilt and repaired. I measured the walls off a week drawing that I had and I got the estimate. And I estimate it was just under 2 kilometers of wall. Okay? 40 feet high, 8 feet thick. Six towers, 12 gates, 52 days. Okay? Let me put that into perspective. In modern terms, now I worked as a designer. <laughs> Some people's laughing here. I worked as a designer in construction with the top companies in London. Okay? So I have a bit of a background, a bit of an understanding here. Okay? I estimate modern day comparison, a repair in a populated urban area, which what Jerusalem was, Working at heights of 40 feet, project planning of moving and fitting large building material, building regulations, health and safety, testing, quantity surveying, organizing the necessary contractors, 
there would be 52 days of emails before you start anything. <laughs> okay. I may be slightly facetious there, but I'm, honestly, I am not far away. 52 days. Okay, Nehemiah achieved something that was miraculous. He achieved something that was significant, and he did it on integrity. Okay, why did I say that? What Nehemiah did, it was a repair. It was a rebuild. It wasn't a new build. Okay? You may think that's easier. It's not. It's easy to go out into like a nice area like that there, and all you do is dig, put the fence down, and start to build up. Okay? With a new build and restore, you have to. You have to start to remove and check things. Yeah? Get this. In the building industry, they call it a refurbishment. They refer to it as a refurb, and they kind of go to it. Any building contractor kind of refers near three gritted teeth, it's a refurb. It's a refurb. What, what? And then he goes, what's wrong? Because there has to be testing and checking into the the integrity of the walls that you're going to build upon. Yeah? Is it making sense? You see, these walls have been knocked down, they've been destroyed. You just can't go up and start to build on them. You have to go up and you have to start to check how strong they are. Have to check the gates, have to check the posts, check the foundations of the posts. You maybe have to, if the stuff isn't strong enough, you have to start to dig it out. You have to start to knock maybe more of it down, remove it. Stuff maybe has to get removed. Stuff has to be tested to see where there's strength, then it's okay to start to build upon. It's called structural integrity in the business. Okay? There's pluses and negatives. There's material. You're starting with stuff. You have stuff to start with, but you've also stuff to remove. You have stuff to test. And you have to start with there. You can't start with just where you want. You have to start with there. Okay? So, where am I? Good. I'm saying. The test. Okay? So if we're testing for integrity, and if God's building something, and he's looking to build something in our church, looking to build stuff in us, would you not expect him to check and test us? Yeah? We often don't like maybe the pressures and tests of life, but oftentimes in the pressures and tests of life, God's actually highlighting the integrity within us, highlighting areas of our life where we're strong, highlighting areas of our life where maybe we're weak, areas of our life where he's looking to remove things, all for the purposes of him to build upon. Build upon things in your life of benefit. Build upon things in your life that's significant. Yeah? Structural integrity within us. Integrity within the church. That's what I'm saying to you today. Nehemiah built upon integrity. He couldn't do it any other way. If he tried to build upon walls and they weren't integrous, they would fall down again. There's no way you're going to go to 40 foot of height and 8 feet in thickness on weak walls. They would crumble. Okay? Integrity is defined as moral uprightness, honesty, wholeness, soundness. The testing that I'm referring to here brings out the known. Okay? 
When you test something for the integrity of within a person, within a structure, you're bringing out the known of what's, what's there. You're bringing out the known of the strength. You're bringing out the known of the weaknesses. Okay? The soundness, the wholeness, the honesty, the uprightness. You have to build upon integrity. We are all, we are all, and I'm going to say this a lot during this message, we are all part of God's rebuilding and restoration. Each of us. Yeah? So I'm saying, integrity draws out the known. We need to build on integrity. Three ways to build, okay? And I'm going to get into the message now. We need to build upon the integrity of the known, the known of what we are building, the known of why we are building it, and the known of who we are as builders. The known of what we're building, the known of why we're building it, and the known of who we are as builders. Okay? Nehemiah chapter 2, in verses 17 to 20. Andrew read these last week. I'm going to recap on this. And I'm going to draw out how Nehemiah brought the known to the people in Jerusalem. Okay? I don't know if the sun can you see it. We can. Okay, go with that. You see the trouble we, Nehemiah saying, start at chapter, uh, verse 7. You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burnt with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. That's the known of the what. And we will no longer be in disgrace, the known of the way. I, I also tell you, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. Andrew said this last week. So they began this good work, but when Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arb heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered, them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, that's the known of the who, will start rebuilding. Okay? Have you ever said, maybe when you were younger, maybe even now, we go to do something and people stand back and start to laugh? You ever did that when you were younger? Going, well, who do you think you are? What are you doing that for? Where do you see, where do you see Mark? Where do you see this falling down? Where do you see Mark making a mess out of this? Do you ever had that? Yeah? You ever go through life and you're kind of people looking on? Yeah? We see this. People looking on and maybe scoffing, ridiculing. Them words stick. Them experiences stick. You see it in films. Film reference. You see it in a film reference. Time and time again. Field of Dreams. Kevin Coster starts to build something. He has a vision for building a baseball field in his in our baseball field yeah in his in his in his field and um, people are going his friends his neighbors his relatives are all thinking he's losing his mind and he starts to build this thing and all start to ridicule him talk behind his back start to this man has lost it and they start to talk and talk and talk and he just has a vision and he just calls out the known I will build it and they will come calls the known out, I will build it and they will come and he has a vision and he does it and all the people who all sat and looked on and scoffed and ridiculed him after a while all the scoffing goes quiet and then after a while they're queuing up to get to it I will build it and they will come 
the greatest showman, people who have went through life being ridiculed, being a disgrace. One man had a vision, he says, I'm going to build the greatest show on earth. Brought all the people who had been ridiculed and disgraced, brought them in and made a show. All the people who had ridiculed them went quiet, got their money out and came and expected the show and enjoyed it. People who had there been just cast in disgrace and ridicule on started to cheer them. Yeah? This is the same thing here. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 7, or chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. Same thing. We've all went through it, and we've all seen it. Somebody gets a vision. Somebody calls out what they're going to do, calls out the known. And people, also, all these people, all the scoffers start to come out of the woodwork and start to ridicule and start to, but no, you just hold the line and you just call out the known. And you just go after it. Exactly what Nehemiah has done here. I love the prophetic gift, but calls out the known. Often calls it out of the unknown in people's lives. People don't see it, but you stand up and you start to share the character in them. You start to share what's in them. And you draw out the unknown, or draw out the known out of their unknown. Same thing here. Okay, so Nehemiah brought the known into this life of these people in Jerusalem. And he, said, he called out the what? A call to restore Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents and symbolizes the pinnacle of worship in the Bible. Okay, it's a symbol. It symbolizes worship. The restoration of worship to God. It was a call to restore humankind and their relationship with God through the vehicle of worship. Okay, I'll, repeat, I'll recall that. It was a call to restore humankind and their relationship with God through the vehicle of worship. For us today, that's the church. Okay, he called out the, the known of the way so his people would not be called in disgrace. He called out restoration and rebuilding of worship for people's relationship with him. And he called out the way, the restoration of people. There's a what and a way. Yeah? There's a what and a way. People need restored. People need rebuilt. Have you ever had negative attitudes and thoughts come towards you where you're going to do something? Like I say, people scoffing you. And you start to get these negative thoughts yourself. Thoughts would try to hold you back. Thoughts would stop you trying to build something. Thoughts you trying to achieve something. Thoughts of you trying to do something. Thoughts of you doing more than you've done before. Hurts and habits, things that's maybe held you back and tripped you up, and then next minute you feel like a disgrace and ridicule. Yeah? That's the enemy. Right there. An area of restoration and rebuilding for you right there. Yeah? As at the man night on Friday night with the guys, we're standing looking at the guys. I'm going to say it. Yeah, they were bowling. They were bowling okay. And... <laughs> I'm going to say it's rounds of bold, but they were bowling okay. Yeah, we were okay. We're getting better. And Stan, in honesty and transparency, is looking at Andrew and is looking at calmness, and, and the enemy started to come with these voices. Who do you think you are? You couldn't stand up and speak. Who do you think you are? You can't stand and speak with them guys. Huh? You can't do that. Ridicule. You're not good enough. Scoff. I started to go on. At first, first, I never really caught it. I was just trying to bowl. 
That, that explains why I lost the second game. As I started to bowl, these voices just like thoughts coming in my mind. Yeah. My response. After when I realized it, I went, my response, just in myself, in my mind. I'm a child of God and a son of this house. The grace of God will abound to me and I will speak my message. What happened? No, it didn't. No, no, it didn't. You promised I had a strike. The enemy went quiet. The voice went quiet. Yes, the voice went quiet. I called the known out. I called the known out. Nehemiah brought this message to these people. They had been living in this condition for years. Their walls and ruins, their gates had burnt down. They were disgraced, and they'd been living like this for years. And Nehemiah just came in and told them the known out of their unknown. Just called them out of it. And what did, once they realized it, let's arise and build. You're calling sitting up, he's saying, I could preach a message in that one point. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. He says, let's do this. It doesn't have to be like that. They were accommodating this disgrace and the familiarity of their lifestyle. They were building things in their life that were insignificant and of no benefit, and they were standing as a disgrace. Nehemiah called out the known out of their unknown, and they realized we need to start to build something that's significant. We need to start to realize I don't have to put up with thoughts of ridicule, being called anything, or being a disgrace before anybody. And a raise they did, and a raise they built, and they achieved something in 52 days that no contractor could do today. <laughs> Nowhere in the world. Yeah? Hmm. We need to build upon the known of the integrity. And we need to build upon a 24 7 integrity. Okay? Nehemiah chapter 3. Elisha, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuild the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, rebuilding as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they had dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. Down at verse 28. Above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. The priests are the only people who are mentioned building more in more than one place on the walls of Jerusalem. In chapter 3, read through the chapter. The priests are the only people who are mentioned building in two places, at least two. They built at the sheep gate near the temple area. This is where the animals were brought through for sacrifice and worship. Okay? They built this, and then they repaired the gate. This was the only gate that was dedicated. Basically means when you dedicate something, you're saying, all of this work belongs to God. Okay? 
Their first focus was on building what was focused in their corporate worship. Their first focus was building upon the worship that was going to build reconciliation and rebuild the relationship of humankind with God through the vehicle of worship, the means of the church. That was their first place they started to rebuild. Okay? Attend to restore gaps in your corporate worship and service because it belongs to God. Okay? I'm not pointing the finger. I'm not saying do, you have to do this, this, and this. I'm just saying you have to attend to it. Okay? If you're looking to build anything in life with benefit and significance, attend to your corporate worship. Attend to being with the body of Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. Okay? Second thing, they restored and rebuilt at their homes as well. Okay? They weren't leaving any gap in front of them. They weren't leaving any gap in their wall. Attend to the integrity of uprightness, wholeness, soundness, yeah? Wholeness in your everyday life, especially behind the doors of your home. You have to be a priest in your home before you can be a priest anywhere else. Okay? They were building an integrity of what I call 24-7. Andrew Montgomery's definition of an integrity is an orange. It looks orange. It tastes orange. You cut it open, it's orange. It is orange. It's integrous. If you're looking to build something with significance and benefit in your life, build upon the known, but build upon the 24-7. All the time. All the time. You have to, and I said, as the two priests looked at the story of the priests, they built in two fronts. Inside the church, outside the church. Didn't relax. Build their walls. Anywhere where you're being intimidated thoughts, anywhere you're being held back by the enemy, by ridicule, are you to build? Are you to tend to? Elisha means whom God will restore. I want to say that again. The high priest's name, Elisha, means whom God will restore. Whom God will restore. Not might restore. Will restore. God will restore his church. And God will restore humankind in the relationship with him. God can and will restore you any area of your life that needs restored, rebuilt, any area that needs been built up and added to, anywhere that he can, he will restore it. He will bring this. He is adamant. God wants to restore and rebuild a relationship with humankind in the corporate worship by the vehicle of the church. And he wants to restore you and the full integrity of who you are in him. You can stand in the enemy, in the presence of the enemy, and sing hallelujah. And he'll go quiet. Because God's looking to restore you. 
Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and you will inherit a double portion of your life, and everlasting joy will be yours. Isaiah 61, verse 7. I declare it to you today. Restoration and rebuilding. Everlasting joy will be yours. Build upon the integrity of the known. Build upon the integrity of 24-7, and the last one, leaving to the best. We need to build upon the integrity and identity. Integrity and identity. Chapter 3 in Nehemiah, people are referred to, as you go down through the story, sons of this, belong to this tribe, belong to that. It's their identity. It's it's their identity that's being recorded. What you do for God is recorded. What's been recorded here, what the people did for him in Jerusalem, has been recorded right through the scene of time but it's been recorded with their identity. Yeah? When I was a young boy, growing up, my mum used to say to me, when I was going out to play with my friends, young boy, young teenager, used to say, Mark, remember you're William Gordon's son? (laughs) Yeah? I don't know what that generation was thinking, but it worked most of the time. Yeah? Says, Mark, it must be a parenting technique. Mark, remember you're William Gordon's son? And the, tech, the, the, behind, the reason behind it was she wanted my actions and my behaviour outside to reflect upon, the, for me to realise that it reflected upon not just me but on my dad. My actions and reflected not just upon me but on the family. Yeah? And oftentimes then when guys were getting up to trouble, that dirt did come back to me. You're William Gordon, you're going to be letting your dad down if you do this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Build upon the integrity and identity. Build upon who you are. Yeah? In my Father's house there's a place for me. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. That's the identity. That's your identity. Child of God. Yes, I am. Lisa. Daughter of God. Nicola, daughter of God. Jenny, daughter of God. Sons and daughters, children. Build upon the integrity and identity as individuals. But as a church, we're more than that. First Peter chapter two, verses four to five, and verse nine say this. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. You're being built, restored, rebuilt as what? Holy priesthood. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But, down to verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal, a royal, what? Priesthood. A royal priesthood. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Out of darkness into his wonderful light. Restoration and rebuilding. Out of the unknown into the known. 
That's the journey we're on. That's the journey you're on as children of God, but as more as a church. Why did I highlight the priests and the work of the priests in chapter 3 of Elisha? You're the priests. In the body of Christ, the believers are the priests. Two fronts to build upon. The corporate worship for the restoration of people and their relationship with him on our daily life of worship to him. You're the priests. There's no real wriggle room in this message. It might feel a wee bit uncomfortable. You're a priest. Called to build on two fronts. What? For the restoration of humankind to God in corporate worship. The way. So you won't be a disgrace. And the who as servants of the living God. One of the main reasons I have tripped over on my journey is when I forgot my identity and or haven't functioned in it. And I think it's the same as I witness for a lot of people here. I would not be standing here literally doing what I'm doing only for spiritual leaders who have stepped up and have called out the unknown or the known out of my unknown. Mark, you're eating grass like Nebuchadnezzar in the field. Your walls are in ruins and your gates are wide open. What are you doing? Who are you? I had to get back to a place of my identity. I had to get back to a place of functioning in my identity so I would not be a disgrace. Nathan, you want to come on up and you and the guys? You are a priest of the great high priest Jesus Christ. And he's calling you to build. He's calling you to build. He's calling you to build on two fronts of significance and benefit in your life. To function in your identity in him in the pattern of his ministry of restoration and building. Be the wall. Build the wall. Be the gates. Build upon the integrity of the known on the two, tr- on the two fronts in your true identity for the restoration of his church and for the restoration within you. Listen a minute. Just listen. Do you hear that? The enemies went quiet. Can you just in this moment 
Declare to yourself, I am a child of God. And I will not put up with disgrace being put on me from the enemy. Let the Spirit minister to you here in a moment. Do you desire the known to be called out of your unknown? Do you seek to rebuild areas of significance in your life? Do you desire a greater reality of your identity as a child of God, as a chosen person? If you can say yes to them, I'd ask you to come forward. I'd ask you to stand. We're going to worship for a time. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.